AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new search engine marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts, Robin Walsh and Brian Caldwell, as they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast offering unique perspectives of both advertiser and publisher. Now, here are your hosts, Robin Walsh and Brian Brian Caldwell. Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Today, everybody. This is your host, Brian Caldwell. Unfortunately, our co-host today, Robin Walsh, is not with us, uh, but we do have a special guest by the name of Frank Gerstenberger. And Frank, as many of you may know, is the Director of Product Development for Commission Junction at uh, one of the largest networks in the world. How are you doing, Frank? Hey Brian, uh, not too bad. Hey, I've uh, I've heard that behind every successful uh, talk show, there's a Robin. Uh, you going to be okay handling this on your own today? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I, I'm hoping to <laughs> lean on you today. As, as you may know from listening to these shows, we we try and and let the guests talk as as much as possible. So we, we ask those leading questions and you know try and get you in trouble. But if you're if you're fast and diligent on your feet, I think you're going to be fine. And I know I'm going to be fine. Uh, right. I do miss Robin, of course, because she adds a, a valuable uh, voice from the advertiser side. Um, you may not mind that you, you're going to be getting pinged with questions from me that really focus on, on publishers' needs. So um, without having <laughs> saying anything else, why don't we jump right in and, and we'll introduce the topic today, which is, is really, um, we, we've talked a lot about uh, affiliate marketing in general, and, and, but one of the areas that we haven't uh, discussed on affiliate marketing today is kind of the foundation, the platform that everything runs on. And that's, of course, why you're here today, Frank, right? Yes. Okay, so today's show is going to be all about the foundation of affiliate networks and the solutions, right? What we call the platform. And so, we'll, you know, without further ado, that that's the question we're going to start in with. So, Frank, 
what what is a platform? This is a, a chance for us to define what it means, because uh, I know it means different things to different folks. But w- what does this mean to you as as kind of a head guy, uh, a main feature in the uh, the product development cycle here at Commission Junction? Okay. Well, I, I think when we use the the platform, we're really um, referring to um, two attributes of um, the affiliate marketing solution that we have. The first being that we operate a network. Um, and that that is a network of of advertisers and publishers that want to come together and, and work in an online marketing environment. And in a lot of ways, that network has um, a lot of aspects of of an economy of its own. It's um, you've got buyers and sellers. Um, you've got competition. Um, it's basically this just kind of uh, uh, economy that operates where people are trying to create leads and sell products um, online. One of the other things that we're trying to do with that is if, if you look um, in technology markets, you often hear the word um, network effects. And what we, what we hope to see with, with our solution, as you do with other networks, is that as the network grows, um, they get more powerful. Um, and that's one of the other key drivers that we're trying to accomplish. I think the second thing that we think about as an attribute when we say it's a platform is that um, our solution is an ASP-based one meaning that um, we offer our technology as, as, as a software as a service. So as opposed to clients having to um, purchase software and put it on hardware themselves and manage that software and, and have to deal with all that complexity, um, we actually offer that software as a service, and uh, our customers can really just focus on um, running their business and um, not have to worry about um, you know, downloading and setting up and managing software. So you know, obviously, there's two perspectives um, to to this. Uh, more more than two. There's a, there's a third if you look at the network itself, looking at itself. But what I meant is, there's clients and there's there's publishers, advertisers and publishers. And um, obviously, scalability is is important to the network itself. But how how is that scalability or the the ability to grow um, while keeping it simple important to advertisers and publishers? Uh, well, I, I think um, I think that's the the one of the biggest challenges that we face is how do we uh, enable the network to grow and yet um, keep it simple. Um, you know, one of the things that we've seen, you know, we've been in the affiliate marketing space for many years now, going back to the late '90s, and one of the things that we've seen as as our industry's matured is we have seen um, greater segmentation in the marketplace. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we, do, we don't just have an advertiser client base, but within um, the advertiser base, there, there are different se- uh, segments. Just give a little analogy. Um, and, you know, if you look at personal computers, you know, way back when the PC first came out, you basically had one IPM PC, and you could basically all your configuration options were, you know, the size of a hard drive you wanted. Um, but then as the industry matured, you had business and consumer, and then within consumer, you have all these different segments like, you know, uh, small systems, gamer systems, those kind of things. Just as that industry and other industries mature, um, ours is seeing the same thing, and so you're seeing greater segmentation. So if we look at our customer base, just on the advertiser side, you know, one clear example being, you know, we have retailers that want to sell products. And then we have financial institutions that might want to generate a, a lead for a loan. Or then we might have um, companies that want to uh, generate a lead for a subscription service. So we've seen, um, as our network has grown, um, we have to meet, uh, meet the unique needs of each one of these segments and tailor our solutions to those. And really, by doing that, I think that's one of the key ways that we can 
address the fact that our market's growing and we have more people in the network, but we can also kind of keep it simple because um, people, that enables our customers to also focus on specific segments rather than just, you know, something overall. Sure. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense because, you know, the Fortune 500 company that's trying to generate as, as much revenue as possible by selling as, as you know, as many items as possible is a very different type of beast than, uh, say, a lead aggregator or a direct lender in the finance area or a mom-and-pop retail store that's selling one specialty item. Uh, the, the, the network obviously needs to be able to handle all of those, those various um, methods of, of monetizing traffic, essentially, because that's how publishers are going to look at this. And, of course, the publishers want a normalized platform that allows them to see reports and earn commissions and receive those commissions uh, in, in, a, in a simple manner across all the various different advertiser models which, which are available inside of a network. I think it's interesting that, you, you know, we, if we talk about some of these differences a little bit, um, you know, obviously we have a number of large clients, uh, just a number of clients that are retailers. Um, and then we also have folks that are lead-based. And we've been spending a lot of time uh, looking at um, those two segments. And one of the interesting differences is, you know, if you look at a re- just in the retail space for a second, um, when a retailer sells a product, um, you know, they, they will often take returns, but different retailers have different return policies. You know, one might have a 30-day return policy, another might have a 60. Um, some may have a return policy that says, you know, hey, bring back your shoes three years later and I'll take them back um, regardless of how long it's been. So, um, you know, we have to, we've looked at how can we better accommodate those business models within the solution we provide. Conversely, um, if you look at uh, some of our clients that are lead-based, um, they often know uh, if a lead is valid within a, a day, three days, seven days, or two weeks. And so they want a system that can accommodate um, that kind of, uh, of, uh, of business model. Today in our platform, um, we uh, have an, a system where when there's some kind of transaction, either a sale or a lead, um, an advertiser has up until the, the 10th of the following month to either allow that sale or lead to become final, um, or they can extend it for another month. And um, that has served us very well in the past, but as we look at how the market evolves and we have these unique needs, we've been taking a look at, geez, how can we change that system so that we can meet the needs of that retailer that has a, a 30-day return policy, but also how can we meet the needs of that, um, that lead based advertiser that knows in seven days. And so um, in that specific example, they could, you know, validate and confirm that that lead is valid to the publisher. And so the publisher can know that, you know, seven days after they generate a lead, that they're actually going to get a commission for that. So um, those are some th- some areas where those are two, you know, some specific examples of where by, you know, uh, looking at the market from a more segmented approach, um, we're actually designing some solutions that will help our, our advertisers better run their programs and, and our publishers as well. I'm really happy you brought that up, and, and of course, you know, this being an, an industry show, we brought you in as an expert on, on you know, networks in general, as well as obviously the specific benefits of of our network. But you know, obviously, you're doing due diligence and looking at alternative solutions out there in the market. So, um, besides the kind of hosted ASP model, um, where you know you need to address the variety of different situations that, that we were just chatting about. And there's obviously more than, than what we were just discussing. Um, but are there, I mean, what else is out there in the market? Because I know that I've seen kind of s- um, solution-specific um, platforms 
maybe that's good for lead gen or good for a type of retailer. But what else have you come across out there? Well, I mean, there are you know there are obviously other ASP solutions out there. There are also solutions where you can actually just you know um, get get software and either you know install on your servers and, and get it hosted. Um, uh, uh, you know, of course, that comes with uh, potentially uh, additional uh, complexity um, on on the uh, for the, for the client. Um, we actually you know think that for our business model, um, the you know the ASP solution is is great. Um, it gives our clients um, just the benefit that they don't have to, um, you know, install software. We can, they can allow us to look at things like redundancy, um, reliability, scalability, all of those things. Those are all things that we can do. And when you're, um, and when you're doing that for a number of clients, uh, you can, um, uh, you know, build systems that uh, I think are more flexible from that regard. Um, so those are some, uh, I think, some positive attributes of, of the ASP model um, that you'd have, say, over, you know, doing some kind of your own kind of software solution. I think the other just key thing you always want to think about is, uh, that companies want to think about is, you know, what is a company's, you know, core focus? Are they in the business of, of you know, selling a product online, or are they in the business of, you know, running software to manage their affiliate platform? And I think really companies want to focus on their core competency and do that well. And there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, kind of outsourcing those those other functions um, so you can focus on your core competency. That that makes a lot of sense. And, of course, there's uh, the, the soft cost of, of managing um, publishers on the side, uh, in an uh, in-house affiliate program as well. And there's yeah. pros and cons to that. But as, as your point was, was well said, it's that uh, focus on your core competency and you're probably going to uh, generate much more revenue as opposed to uh, increasing your overhead costs. Um, okay. Well, why don't we do this? I think we've just done a, a great introduction to the show. Obviously, we're going to go into a lot more details as the show progresses. But um, before we do that, we're going to take a real quick break so we can feed the sponsors and keep the lights on around here. Um, we're going to be right back with more affiliate marketing today and Frank Gersenberger after these quick notes. You're just minutes away from more affiliate marketing today. Stay tuned. Last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Click all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. 
With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S-T-H-O-S-T.com. When you expect more from your web host. Party like a rock star. I thought you were going to stay tonight, aren't you? Well, I am. I was originally going to, you know, try and a few extra people popping into town. Going to have to hook up a few beers and, you know, get stupid back. I almost got the feeling they were tossing back some drinks <laughs> or something. Maybe Matt has finally given up the Sprite. Party like a rock star. It is like after 7 o'clock down here, which means it's way past drinking time. Yep. I think I'm going to head out and we're going to go to this little club here called the Flying Saucer. Sit out on the patio, drink some Blue Moons. You party like a rock star. We'll sit down by the bay and have a, a nice evening uh, in Canada cocktail. Maybe you and I will have to throw a party. We'll have to charge money to let people in, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll be like the guys in high school charging three bucks a head for the two kegger in the backyard. Hey, that works for me. SEO Rockstars. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now. Back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Okay, coming back to Affiliate Marketing Today. Thanks for staying with us, everybody. This is your host, Brian Caldwell. Uh, I am talking with Frank Gershenberger today. Robin Walsh is not with us today, but we miss you, Robin. I hope to have you on next week. Um, And, Frank, we were just talking about kind of the, the, the fundamentals of affiliate network platforms and various solutions that are that are in the market. Um, obviously, you're in a position in product development to, to speak to great lengths about you know, kind of what goes on behind the scenes in order to uh, develop an affiliate platform, to keep it running, to keep it growing, to, to make sure that you know, you're, you're addressing the needs today for future problems. So what, what, you know, how does product development fit into all of this, all of this being the network platform itself? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, so you know, our the uh, our group at Commission Junction um, is uh, we're, me and the team that I work with. We're the product management team at, at the company, and really, what our charter is is to um, help determine um, what our product is going forward. Um, and I use that word product to include, you know, a- anything that we would sell to the clients, be it you know at the technology platform we've developed. Or uh, or service that, services that we deliver to clients, um, you know, one of the exciting things, um, but challenging things about working uh, in in this space is that, you know, the technology industry um, changes rapidly, um, and online marketing uh, probably changes even more quickly, and so um, that makes our job both challenging um, and and a whole lot of fun. Um, so probably, you know, one of the big questions that people always ask me is, you know, how do you guys figure out what you're going to do next? You know, what new products are you going to develop? Uh, what enhancements are you going to develop? Um, well, don't, don't you just talk to me? I mean, <laughs> usually we just put a bunch of ideas up on a dartboard and throw darts at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, we're a little bit more sophisticated than that. Um, one of the, really what we do, you know, there's a number of things that we look at. Um, number one, you know, we look at market trends. Um, so, uh, you know, we collect lots of data, both here and at, both here at CJ 
and um, data that third-party firms do, you know, so we can, for example, you know, get forecasts of, you know, how much is going to be spent on online advertising in, in the future. We look at data of what people are doing online. So we have all kinds of third-party data that we look at. That's always beneficial to us. Um, we talk to our customers, um, and we talk to them quite frequently. Uh, I myself will typically have um, two or three um, kind of roadmap review meetings with a customer, a, 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 two or three customers a month um, at a minimum, and then other folks on our team do the same. Um, we talk to publishers pretty regularly. Um, we have customer advisory boards. So, you know, we get lots of exposure to, to our clients, um, and that helps us out quite a bit. Um, but one of the challenges about that, you know, when you talk to customers, they're usually really, really good at telling you what their um, what what their immediate problems are, where their pain but, points are. Exactly. Yeah. But what they usually, what's a little more difficult to understand is what are they going to need a year or two years or three years down the road. And if we focus on all the immediate stuff, then we're going to find ourselves two or three years down the road with a solution that is, you know, past its prime and doesn't meet the needs of the market anymore. So one of the key things that we often do when we talk to customers is, you know, we'll, have, we'll often have, a cus- you know, five customers say, I need feature X and I need it right away. And they almost tell you, you know, exactly what you want. One of our key skills is we really need to, to, to go beyond that and really try and understand what's the fundamental problem that they're trying to solve. Um, and when you do that, you know, so for example, an, uh, an advertiser might come back and say, well, you know, the problem I've got is, you know, I want to be able to, to pay my publishers more quickly. Whereas before they might have just come to us and said, you know what, I need you to use, you know, this online payment system X and I need you to implement it right away. And when we dig into it, we find out, well, really what they want, the problem is they want to be able to pay their publishers faster. So we spend a lot of time when we talk to clients. Um, and, and just in looking at the market and our solution today is what are the fundamental problems? And when you do that, What's interesting is you usually um, can find a common theme or themes, and it enables you to address the needs of your client with maybe you know one or two things, as opposed to when they came to you, they had they wanted you to do ten different things. So that's so, just kind of part of the process that we go through. It, it, it sounds a lot to me like a really good doctor, right? Rather than you know you take a look at the symptoms, yeah. rather than treating the symptoms, you're really going to the yeah. core problem. Yeah, that's you know that's that's actually not a bad analogy. You know, it's you know they just don't want a patient to come in and say, "Give me," you know, I need uh, some Vicodin. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, for what? Oh well, actually, I broke my arm. Yeah, that's exactly. right. You're going to fix the bone first. Um, and in in reality, you're also the uh, the doctor that's in in a position of of developing new medicines. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, and the, yeah, that's good. You know, it's just a couple of the other things that I'd mention that we do. I mean, you know, we have a since it's a uh, CJU's coming up um, in September. That's always a really good venue for us to get in front of uh, both publishers and advertisers um, to to find out what they're thinking and, so, and when, so what network, they need are. That's network user groups, basically? Uh, user well, conferences well, I, I, this, yeah, user conferences um, specifically. The other thing that we do um, is anytime we have a, a significant new product or, or development project that we're running, we have um, a, a stakeholder team, and we, and we uh, have, usually have folks um, in our organization from both the advertiser and publisher side that are kind of that are stakeholders on that team and help us make sure that we're you know thinking about um, the advertisers' needs, the publishers' needs, to really make sure that we're ad- addressing their real problems. So, so we do all you know. We think we, we spend a lot of time really you know thinking about what our clients' needs are and, and and address that. Now, then you know ultimately the real hard part of all this is you know is prioritization. You know. Um, uh, you know, there's there's probably a hundred things that we would love to do next year, and if we can only do twenty, how do we determine what what those twenty are? Mm-hmm. 
That's a, that's a really important part, obviously. You're taking all the feedback you're receiving from the field, from your clients, from, from publishers. Uh, what, how do you prioritize? What, what's yeah. the process there? You know, you, um, we look at a number of, uh, of, of different factors. Um, you know, one is obviously the, the, the you know, ability for this to generate revenue for our clients um, and thus for ourselves is probably the, the number one um, thing that we look at. Um, co- competitive challenges are clearly a key one. Um, you know, uh, uh, if there's certain, uh, then there are other things like, you know, perhaps regulatory or legal. There's a whole bunch of different factors we take into place. But ultimately, probably the number one and most important one is, you know, we're in the business, we're in the revenue generating business. And so to what extent, um, you know, can we can we drive revenue? I think another key thing that really helps too is, is it something that we can do that can really meet um, the needs of a, of a, of many of our clients on both the publisher and advertiser side. You know, a good that, example of that, that is... That scaling thing again, right? Exactly. I mean, a good example is, you know, I talked earlier about the transaction life cycle. Um, you know, we've got a project now where we're looking at that today, and that was just an example of where there were so many benefits for such a wide um, cross-section of our advertiser base and such huge benefits for our publisher base that it naturally said, Hey, this is something that we want to do quickly because it really um, can have a, a huge um, impact overall um, on the network and really let those network effects continue to take hold. So I, I would imagine the, uh, another factor that's going into your your uh, prioritization uh, consideration is is the changing nature of the publisher business models and the mm-hmm. landscape of markets in general. Obviously, yeah. uh, there is a tremendous amount of change going on in marketing and advertising online right now uh, with oh, like new model like video coming out uh, very, very strongly. Um, the social networks are having a, a huge impact on where traffic is aggregating and the type of traffic, and, et cetera. So um, in addition to revenue, I would imagine one of the factors that you need to consider is also just um, being able to support these new revenue channels so that that network factor can kick in and we get the economies of scale. In other words, if you're in a position of, of putting new pieces of product in place that enable us to um, you know easily embrace the social networking, suddenly you know hey you've got everyone on MySpace becomes a, a publisher for example yeah and, and we can scale up our revenue that way but it, yeah. you know, it's a longer longer time frame in order to get there uh, but these, I, you're also considering these factors I would imagine in addition to the short term re- revenue opportunities uh, oh yeah absolutely I mean I, you know earlier I talked about um, you know one of the things we needed to address was was greater segmentation. Um, there's another area that we need to address um, to, um, you know, look at those issues like um, constantly evolving business models on the publisher side and 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 also the needs of, of our clients to have um, solutions that are, you know, I'll just call them customized. Um, you know, customization uh, is, a, is a huge um, thread in all of business right now, right? Whether you go to a to Dell and order a custom configured PC, or you can, um, you know, that's a mass customization is a big thing, and that's impacting our business as well. And you know, that's something we're looking at is how can we enable our clients to have customized solutions to meet the needs of those segments, and then um, also, um, you know, c- continue to scale our business. You know, one example of something we're doing in that area is we are doing a lot of work right now on web services because um, clearly um, we would not be able to scale if we had to. 
as CJ, given that we have an ESP solution, right, it's a hosted software platform, if we had to do all the development ourselves to build these customized solutions out for our clients, um, we wouldn't be able to do it, right? We just wouldn't be able to scale. So, so we're looking at web services as a means to enable our clients and even third parties to use our web service, you know, web uh, industry standard web services to be able to develop customized solutions based on our platform to meet their unique needs. So we've talked about web services on this show before, but yeah. for the sake of those folks that uh, either didn't get it or, or didn't haven't had a chance to listen to our earlier shows, can we do a quick definition of what web services are, mm-hmm. are what they're going to be good for, for from an advertiser and a publisher side? Yeah. So I think the real easy way to think about web services is um, it's just a way for somebody who has you know some kind of um, programming skills to be able to um, basically get information from CJ using in the industry standard programming tools and techniques. So I'll give you two examples um, of things that we're working on. First of all, on the advertiser side, um, today we have a, um, we, Commission Junction has a, um, uh, an application for new publishers to join, and it's a, a, a Commission Junction branded experience. But we've had some advertisers come to us and say, I would like to create a, a, a very seamless experience for people that come to my own website and want to sign up as a publisher for my affiliate program, I want them to have a, an experience that is very you know, closely integrated with my own website. So what we'll do with our web services, we'll basically enable that advertiser to design their own commission junction uh, publisher sign-up process and you know, using their look and feel, their design, their flow, and then basically just you know, send that data, all the publisher application data, send it to us. We set up the, set up the account for the publisher, and then... Um, everything's ready to go. So we're giving an advertiser. It's just one way for an advertiser to better customize their program. Another example on the publisher side, one of the things we're doing is um, you know, product catalog data. We have millions of product SKUs from, from hundreds of, of advertisers. And today, in order for a publisher to get that data, they have to basically download a huge file and then manipulate that file on their side with some kind of tools and then push that data up onto their you know, website or however they, they choose to, to um, take advantage of that data. With web services, what we'll be able to do is, rather than a publisher have to download all that data, they'll be able to query it in real time. In effect, in real time, they'll be able to get product information from our database. So, for example, I mean, one simple example, if I was a publisher and I had a website that was focused on um, DVD uh, movies, I could um, have a little search box on my website, and if the person typed in, you know, Godfather, for example, that would, in real time, send a query to our um, database, and they would get all the products associated with back, back with that in real time. So both of those examples are just ones where, A, um, it's really going to facilitate um, our clients to create innovative new solutions, um, build out new business models, um, create better user experiences, and um, better customize and differentiate their solution in the marketplace, which is something they have to do because as any business continues to mature, um, you know you have to continue to innovate in order to um, to remain profitable. I'm I'm super.
super excited about web services. I've mentioned it before on the show. You know it. A uh, couple ideas, just uh, drop this out in the audience. Uh, one, I think there are some publishers that would be very interested in, in having additional CJ publishers sign up through their interface, member-driven uh, sites, for example. Uh, yeah. I can see some applications there. And then for those publishers that are out there and thinking about the Godfather example that was just used, you might also think how uh, what other um, product areas uh, besides DVD might you be able to do a query on that keyword, Godfather, and pull back results, uh, shirts, books, etc. So, oh, just yeah, it could be, a- anything. Yeah, it could it could be extremely powerful, and, and I think uh, there's a lot of publishers that listen to this show that are going to be able to run with that ball and, and uh, have a lot of fun with that. Um, all right. Before we get into anything else here, I, I think it's time to take another quick break. Uh, believe it or not, it's going quickly today. Uh, so we'll be right back with more information from Frank Gerstenberger after these quick messages. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenIsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. From WMR Studios, from Academy Award winning producer, Mr. Producer, and Academy Award winning director, Mr. Intern, comes a two hour roller coaster ride of thrills. Excited about the uh, different things that are going on here. Chills. Wow, that's excellent. And pure adrenaline. How are you doing today, Greg? Excellent. 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 And again, sounds like the show's going pretty well for you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Next Stuff Now's Chris Tolls. Excellent. And uh, welcome to Next Stuff Now. Good karma's good ROI, Greg Nyland. Trying to put your hole in the dam with all the cracks. You know, as soon as you get one, there's always a new one. Excellent. Starring the blockbuster event of the summer, Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure. Um, yeah, that's excellent. Critics hail it as the best buddy movie of the year. East meets West in his laugh out loud box office classic. Excellent. You'll cry. You'll cheer for Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure. Rated EX4. Excellent. Check out Next Stuff Now with Chris Tolls, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, and Good Karma, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Excellent. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hey everybody, welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is your host, Brian Caldwell, and we are missing the co-host, Robin Walsh, today. We miss you, Robin. But we are here talking with Frank Gerstenberger, uh, who's the Director of Product 
development at Commission Junction, a very large network out there. And Frank, welcome back. Uh, we were just covering some, some really interesting um, points about web services. Uh, so we're going to move on from there, even though we could probably spend an entire show talking about all the fun that we can, we're going to have with web services once they come out in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, why don't we move on to describing how affiliate networks work compared to other systems that are out there. Obviously, affiliate networks tend to be focused on uh, CPA-type offers. Um, maybe we can do a comparison against, say, some of the larger ad networks and uh, how the different, you know, what, what, what differences are there and, and w what should people be thinking about from either an advertiser or publisher perspective. Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I uh, kind of experience every day is with Commission Junction being, um, you know, part of a, a value click, a division that has other online media um, uh, solutions is um, is we talk to folks in, in other divisions and, you know, we just look at the whole ecosystem. It, it uh, Every day I'm reminded about the complexity of the solution that uh, Commission Junction provides. Um you know, when when I look at the thing, the, when you look at a at an advertiser and publisher relationship in our system, where you know you have a publisher serving a, an image, which then get clicks on, and then at some point, maybe that day, maybe a week later, maybe two weeks later, um, there's then a sale or a lead, um, and then at some point later, um, that sale or lead is actually confirmed. You know, for example the product doesn't get returned and so the advertiser says okay this is a valid sale i'm going to pay the publisher and then we uh, then we you know have publishers that work with multiple advertisers and we have to pay them and sometimes those advertisers are in different currencies um, our system is uh tremendously uh uh you know complex all of the things that we have to deal with you throw in things like you know we have huge we have you know hundreds of advertisers with product catalogs with millions of SKUs and there's product specific ads um, the complexity of, of the data that we um, that we have to record and analyze and report on and pay on um, it is just uh, it, it, it's a it's a very uh, fascinating uh, solution the other thing is just you know the added complexity of you know this whole um, relationship management um, aspect of you know when you have these you know this uh, large number of advertisers and tens of thousands of publishers, how do we create a system in which um, we make it efficient for uh, and, and easy for these advertisers and publishers to discover each other and build relationships? Um, there's a, just a tremendous amount of, of, of complexity and challenge there. And I think, but, but I think how that bodes well for us is it means that, you know, as we look at our solution, although we're very proud of what we've accomplished to date and we think we've got a great solution on the marketplace, you know, we see an uh, almost endless um, number of opportunities to further um, improve this system and, um, and give our clients an even greater opportunity to build more profitable relationships online. Do you want to maybe talk about some of the, the future things that you're considering, um, maybe in generic ways, maybe not specifically? Like mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe, for example, um, multi-level relationships. Uh, I know it's been tried in the past. There's kind of a resurgence, in at least from the publisher uh, business model perspective, in, in providing a, a second tier of, say, I won't call them sub-affiliates because they're really something completely different. But you know, in, that, in that genre, is there anything else you'd like to touch on? Um, I, I think probably the what I'd probably touch on is the you know some of the key areas we're really looking at. I mean, we talked about web services. Um, 
and you know we're using that for uh, for um, you know the publisher sign up product catalog uh, getting links. Um, we will also be looking at giving reporting data. Um, we're we're spending a lot of time right now looking at what we call relationship management. Um, how do we um, enable advertisers and publishers to discover um, each other? Um, so we're spending a lot of time on that. That actual product functionality based on that is a little bit longer term, but we think that's a huge area for us to continue to to, to add value. Um, you know, we continue to spend a lot of time looking at um, at, at network quality making sure that the results that get produced um, in our network are of high quality and have a great return on investment for our clients. Um, so those are some of the key um, areas that, that we continue to look at going forward. Okay. So uh, from a publisher perspective, that last point was, a you know, we do take a look at traffic quality, not only on as it comes into an offer, um, but also uh, back-end conversion. And both oh. of those... Yeah, absolutely. We look at network quality, uh, you know, on both sides. I mean, number one, making sure that the traffic being driven to advertisers is valid and making sure that all transactions are being recorded appropriately. I mean, uh, so absolutely, we look at, the, at that very holistically. And we feel that's a, a really um, significant differentiator for, for us in the marketplace. And you know, that's one of the key, you know, values of, I think, the CPA model of, you know, paying on an action um, is that, uh, you know, we believe we can deliver um, – that really a focus on quality is is a strong uh, positive attribute of our system. Yeah, I, I I tend to refer to it as kind of a self tuning mechanism because if if um, publishers are aware that uh, there's a very strong network quality presence, um, both from a human standpoint as well as a technology standpoint, then it's in their best interest, uh, as it always is, to provide higher quality traffic, not junk traffic, that actually is going to monetize not only for the publisher themselves, but also ultimately for the advertiser, because it's not a win-win situation until both parties are satisfied. So you know, it's, if, if it's in your best interest to make sure you're sending quality traffic, most likely you're going to be sending quality traffic or get out of the business. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, let's see. So we've taken a look at clients. We've taken a look at um, third-party development from a web services standpoint. Uh, talked a little bit about the complexity of the life cycles. Um, what uh, what new business models are there that are emerging? Which uh, you know the networks are responding to right now. Obviously, there are some that may mature in a longer period of time, but there's got to be some that would be called you know, low-hanging fruit from a, from a network standpoint. So what, what types of things are we looking at? Yeah, well, um, you know, one, a couple things are immediately come to mind. I mean, you know, number one, I mean, um, you know, uh, obviously there are a lot of publisher business models that folks have been using for some time now. Um, and, you know, as typical in any business, um, you know, as, as markets become more competitive, um, you know, the old business models have to adopt. They sometimes become less profitable. Um, it's just kind of, a, you know, the natural part of the business cycle, um, not something that you, that's unique to, to affiliate. And so whether you're, you know, have an, uh, an older business model or a new one, um, clearly there's got to be a focus on continuing to add value and continuing to differ, differentiate in the, in the marketplace. Um, you know, I think one of the things, when you talk about new business models, um, 
uh, you know, we, we are always, you know, looking at the marketplace and talking to our, you know, our pu- publishers and talking to our publisher account teams to try and understand what's happening out there. And, you know, in all honesty, one thing I've seen about this space is just it's very entrepreneurial and things can sometimes uh, come up out of nowhere. And I think it's really, uh, I, I don't know uh, how good we could ever be at, at ourselves predicting or really starting new business models, but what we try and focus on is, um, just uh, how can we, um, in some way, um, help those business models to to grow and to prosper? And um, I think that you know uh, that's one good example of why we decided to go down the web services uh, path is that we felt here's just one good example of how where if we can develop some tools that are very um, compelling um, and that will enable our clients to differentiate that we can. Um, open up, you know, new business models that we never uh, would have thought of. And so I think that's really the key thing here is we're just focused on, you know, let's understand some of the core problems that folks have in trying to um, to run their business online and, 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 and do online marketing. And let's think about, you know, what solutions that we can provide that can be facilitators and help, you know, others figure out new and, and unique business models. Because that's really, I think, uh, you know the, the the best way to do it. Um, we, you know, I've been in the technology space for you know ten, fifteen years, and, and and over and over and again, I've seen you know really smart people try and predict where the future is going to go and try and develop new business models, and 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 you know, oftentimes they failed. But where they were really successful is that they can create a network or an environment or an ecosystem with some unique enablers. Um, you've got to you, then you take advantage of all those thousands or millions of people that are that are entrepreneurs they'll figure out those new business models and you just got to make sure that you can respond quickly to help uh, help them uh, help enable them to do that so so what I just heard you say uh, to, to simplify is at a very high level you're trying to address the needs at a lowest common denominator point so that you because as you said you're not in a position to know what actually will succeed tomorrow um, but as we're seeing in the Web 2.0 space and kind of the, the second bubble of the dot-com boom, we're seeing a large number of, of entrepreneurial uh, new business launches that uh, essentially today may have no actual traffic or traffic that is there but isn't necessarily monetized to the, the fullest potential. Um, I do see a lot of folks, being on an emerging markets team myself, that are trying to monetize, or actually they're, they're actually building functionality because it's cool, because it's new, because there's a need there. Um, and, and secondarily, they're thinking about ways to monetize that traffic. So uh, I, I do know web services is going to be of tremendous value to the folks that I'm working with. Um, but yeah, I, it's really interesting to, to hear your perspective on all of this, I, I must say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, another example, I mean, you know, I've been uh, looking at uh, mobile commerce for years, and people are, you know, keep asking, you know, me, when's, when's mobile advertising going to take off? You know, I have no idea. I mean, five years ago, I saw a study that said in three years it would take off, and it, it clearly didn't happen as predicted. So, you know, what, what we, again, we let's what we try and focus on is let's just have a, a powerful platform and a powerful tool set that um, can be used by the folks that are out there developing those those new business models and um, you know 
it's let almost the marketplace a, it, figure out what's successful. You know, yeah, it's, it's almost an open source perspective. Because, yeah. I mean, looking at the mobile market, for example, there's no no way you can predict what uh, you know a, a Motorola or someone else or Nokia is going to come out with next as a piece of functionality in in, in their platforms, uh, or maybe the the software providers like Microsoft that's actually working for a mobile platform. And until we, we understand or can, are in a position to predict what's going to happen next, there's no way you can provide a solution for that. So look at it from a, a generalized perspective, make an API available, and then anyone that's deeply uh, interested in work with mobile can come up with a solution that, that actually meshes with uh, whatever your team is putting on the, play, on the table. Yeah. And, yeah, and the other thing I'd ask, you know, we do have, you know, we have conversations with folks all the time about, you know, new ideas that they've got and how our system might work in. And so we're always, uh, the good news is we kind of have that uh, that background of information that can help us um, figure out what we need to do in the future. Yeah, that, actually, that's a really good point because we do get contacted all the time as well as reaching out on our own. But we, we get contacted by folks that uh, have great new ideas, and that actually is a very um, important point to make regarding a, a network versus, say, an in-house solution. Uh, networks tend to attract people that are innovative and folks yeah. that have great ideas. And, uh, of course, the networks <laughs> are in a position with the deep staff uh, under folks like Frank who can step up to the plate and create a, a solid solution. Yeah, you know, we, I had a good example of that recently where we had a, a publisher come to us and they said it would be great if CJ could provide um, data to me in a certain way. And we looked at it and we told, completely understood the benefit of it to the client. And what we figured out was, well, you know what? When we release our web services, um, it would be very simple for someone. You know, it could be us. Maybe we'll do it. It could be this client or it could be some third-party developer. They could actually build out that application using the web services. That was just a good example where by having that kind of, uh, uh, you know, enabling um, philosophy and putting out some tools and an infrastructure that's enabling, you can enable those new business models to develop and, you know, maybe we do the work or maybe somebody else does the work, but we've, we've, we've served our role as a key enabler. Okay, so I want to go back to something we said earlier, and just a, we're, we're market-driven, and that's a question. Uh, yeah, you know, so we, we, we very much try to be market-driven. I guess I contrast that with, say, a technology-driven, um, and, you know, what the difference is, is, is you know, a market-driven uh, philosophy is one where you go out and you look at your customers and you look at the market and then you develop solutions to meet the needs of a market. Um, that's opposed to um, being more technology-driven where you develop a technology and um, then you try and figure out, okay, geez, what are, who are we going to sell this to and what are we going to go, uh, you know, what are we going to do with it? Um, so we very much try to be market-driven. Um, now, you know, of course, we have folks on the technology side that are always thinking of, you know, really cool technology ideas, and then, um, you know, us marketing folks get involved with them, and we then we maybe try and match it up. But we really try and focus our efforts on, you know, solving solving real problems, real needs in the marketplace, basing our technology development around that, um, as opposed to, you know, developing technology for its sake and then figuring out some way to, to you know, sell it to, to a client base. All right. So that's um, that's a great segue. We're, we're going to come back to this subject and, and talk about um, how how lead generation is. Uh, we're seeing a huge growth in in that area. 
uh, and we're going to end the show with a conversation about uh, how affiliate tracking works. So <clears throat> I, I know these are very important subjects for a lot of folks uh, that are listening to the show, so please do stay with us. We're going to be right back after a quick commercial message with uh, more information from Frank Gerstenberger. Thanks a lot. We'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host... Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is your host, Brian Caldwell. And we're talking today with Frank Gerstenberger, who's the Director of Product Development here at Commission Junction. Um, Frank, we were just talking about technology versus market-driven. And um, I know we, we have um, a last point to make here that's of, of great interest to a lot of folks that are listening to this show. And the fact is that in order for anyone to be paid uh, who's working with an affiliate, network, the, the actions need to be tracked. In other words, the consumer who comes into a, a, a website or sees an email or is, is uh, the ta- traffic's generated in some other manner needs to see an offer and click through on an offer in order for that to track. Is that correct? And, and yes. Maybe you can go into some details about how that works. Yeah. Um, it, it's a pretty straightforward process. Um, you know, basically, the, the way our system works and uh, an image is served, and when that image is clicked on by a user, um, that user's browser um, comes to the Commission Junction, uh, one of our tracking servers. Um, we set a, a cookie within our domain, so it's a, a first-party cookie, and then we um, we we basically redirect the user's browser to to the advertiser site. Um, the advertiser, the user, can then um, you know spend some time at the site and. Once they take some kind of an action, let's say they purchase a product, um, basically what the advertiser does on the on the thank you page or the confirmation page of a sale or a lead, they make a a call to um, our CJ 
um, tracking service, basically an image pixel call. And when we receive that call, we basically look and see if there's a cookie for um, that we've set a cookie for that space, and if so, we are then able to correlate um, that original click um, with um, the actual purchase. And once that takes place, we record that um, data in our system, um, and then uh, the you know we're able to continue to do the the subsequent processing of that action. So it's a pretty simple and straightforward um, process. Um, it's something that we have been doing for a number of years. Uh, we, huge, we handle a huge um, volume of, of, of transactions um, every day and every year. Um, we have a very um, robust system um, of, of databases and tracking servers with redundancy so that we can make sure that we can um, track um, uh, every click and serve every image and, and handle all those transactions. So um, it's something that has uh, you know, really held up well um, with the passage of time over the last couple of years. Can, um, obviously, there's a lot of pieces involved in everything, you know, the entire transaction lifecycle that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to dive into a couple of details. Uh, first of all, I know that there is a certain amount of misunderstanding in the marketplace regarding cookies. Mm-hmm. So I, I think everybody who's involved in affiliate marketing knows what a cookie is. Yeah. But they might not know the difference between a first-party cookie and a third-party cookie. Can you talk about that a bit? And why it's important that it reuse a first-party cookie? Sure. Um, I, I think the the importance of uh, serving a first-party cookie. Um, and one of the note I want to make mention is that uh, Commission Junction also has a, a privacy policy. But basically, the important, really, the importance of that is you know one of the key settings that a user can make in their browser is they can um, uh, configure cookie settings, and um, Depending upon the level of security they place, um, you know, let's, uh, Mark, we got to start this over. Let me rethink this answer for a second. Okay. okay. Mark, we're pausing. Um, it's important to understand the difference between um, first-party cookies and third-party cookies because, you know, cookies um, in, the, uh, in the media, sometimes uh, uh, they've got a certain connotation. Um, one of the reasons it's important that we set a first-party cookie and that also um, the Commission Junction have a privacy policy with respect to cookies that we do have is that a user can set different um, security levels in their browser with respect to cookies. Um, one, I think, clear point that it needs to be uh, understood is that um, you know sometimes people feel that um, there's a concern that um, actions won't be tracked because users turn off cookies or uh, uh, and so they're just not uh, actively working that we found that to be a very rare um, occasion uh, simply because to disable cookies completely really makes it pretty much impossible to effectively surf the internet and make any kind of transaction so basically people that are buying um, products online they pretty much have to have cookies enabled and then by having um, by commission junction um, using first-party cookies um, and having a, a, a privacy policy, um, it enables us to for our cookies to continue to work even when a user sets a relatively high security setting within the browser with respect to cookies. So um, that's uh, I think that's the important note here is that for you know the you know better than 98, 99 percent of the users out there that are purchasing products online, 
they have a security setting on their browser that permits um, first-party cookies with a privacy policy, which is what we do. That, that was obviously very important information to give. Thank you very much for elaborating on first-party versus third-party cookies. Uh, you know, besides pixel tracking, I know there is another methodology that's fairly commonly used, which is kind of batch processing. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and, and how that works? Yeah, basically, um, it's just a different way for uh, Commission Junction to get um, sales or lead data from an advertiser. Um, rather than um, having the advertiser um, use an image pixel call to transfer the data to us in, in real time, they actually uh, collect the um, sales data on their end and then send it to us in, in some kind of you know file format on, on, on a regular basis. Um, the one distinction there being is that at the time of the click, we would send um, information about the particular ad, the publisher that referred, the user ID. We send that information to the advertiser at the time of the click. They are then able to store that information and correlate it um, with um, the subsequent sale, and then they batch um, all of that data uh, back to us. So it's just basically another mechanism for for doing um, for for uh, getting the uh, transaction data to Commission Junction. Okay. Well, I, that's a fairly uh, comprehensive overview. Uh, the only thing I'd, I think I'd like to add, since I know a lot of publishers use this mechanism, is that there uh, is an additional parameter which can be attached to a URL string, and we call that an SID over here, sub-ID. Uh, and I know a lot of publishers will use this data if they're a member-driven site, so maybe a loyalty or a coupon site uh, might need to pass member ID along in a closed loop and have the information reported, uh, the ID member, uh, member ID passed back to the publisher um, whenever a member completes a transaction in order to reward that member for the transaction. Um, and, and that is a, a capability built into platforms in general. Uh, we call it SID. Another aspect is if you're a, a search publisher and you need to determine your ROI on a particular keyword, you want to know based on the, the click the consumer makes on a keyword purchase, if that actually turns into a sale. And, and SID is also another way to, to use, uh, or, or is a mechanism to, to use to, to get your keyword ROI. So um, I think that about wraps this up, Frank. I mean, this is a... This has been a great show. I'm sure a lot of folks uh, got a lot of their questions answered here. Is there anything uh, you'd like to add before we sign off for the day? Uh, just uh, thanks very much for the time. I hope that uh, it you know gives some folks a little bit of better understanding of how we uh, figure out what we want to do in the future going forward. We're uh, I think as mentioned earlier, um, you know we are we see a lot of opportunity to continue to enhance our platform um, and. Uh, we're very busy right now wrapping up some, some, some of the things that we've talked about in the show, and we look forward to uh, seeing our clients at CJU and, and, and through the other channels that we engage with them and hope that we can continue to um, uh, you know, offer great solutions going forward. Well, thank you very much, Frank. I really appreciate all your time. And having said that, we're going to sign off today. Please do remember that if you have any questions or comments about today's show, you can reach out to myself or Robin at the uh, email address we have set up for affiliate marketing today, which is podcasts at cj.com. That's a plural, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. But with that, we're going to sign off for the afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.